It's a very warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, a very special annual Women's Rugby Pod. Uh, I'm Johnny Hammond, and alongside us, as ever, is the pod wife herself, Rachel Burford. Evening, Berf, how are we? I'm very well, thanks, Johnny. How are you doing? Good weekend in France. Yes, very good weekend, but what goes on tour stays on tour. <laughs> nice. I, but... I, lived, I lived a media social not been on one of those before. Normally I'm there as a player and, and having a social after. Um, and it was pretty much the same. Well, <laughs> what <have> we, <laughs> we, we will just uh, introduce our guest before that conversation just rumbles on ever so slightly. It is a very, very warm welcome to the Scrum Queen herself. Uh, Ali Donnelly joining us from Scrum Queens. Ali, you're out in France as well. You're a little husky. We've got Sarah Orchard, BBC commentator throughout the Six Nations, giving Sarah. She did have dark glass on earlier, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So they are all suffering. Um, I've got my halo. Um, but no, media nights are as, <laughs> media nights are as good as uh, players' nights other than birth. Yeah, they they start nice and calm and simmering, and then you can just see there's a couple of people that get a bit excited, want to go a bit harder, and yep, yeah, and it happens. Yeah, I was quite, um, I was like looking around the table thinking, this is, this is interesting how this is going. And then the word of shock came out, which is what <laughs> happens normally after a rugby game as well. And then, yeah, can't tell you anymore though. Can no. I just we say, you, we could tell you, Johnny, off air, but yeah, can't. Well, I have to say, Rachel Burford was a professional rugby player that evening. She watched, she observed, she knew she had Premier 15s come up. And she said at 10 o'clock, I'm going to get a taxi home. Respect to Rachel Burford. And, I didn't, but she did. And if you believe that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you will believe off. anything. Um, hey, well, cover story. <laughs> ladies, um, we've got plenty to get through. Um, so let's sort of just dive straight in. Um, Ali, just your, your impressions of, of the Six Nations uh, as a whole, I, th- I think we're all sort of somewhere between cloud nine and cloud 27, aren't we? Yeah, I uh, I tried and failed miserably on the way home to, to write a column summing up, um, you know, what I thought of the tournament generally. I, I wrote the first paragraph of, of a column and then just closed my laptop and fell asleep. But I started with this quote that I once read, a French novelist wrote that nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come, because I think that is essentially for me the kind of, Cap, you know that captures what happened this year which is that the women's six nations has been growing kind of slowly and patiently towards this mainstream cut through for years and then suddenly this whole combination of things have come together like the new window and other things and suddenly boom everyone wants a bit of it everybody wants to be watching and everyone's talking about it that's as far as my column got um but i think <laughs> i think it is it has been fascinating off the field we'll talk about on the field in a minute uh, just to see where it's going. And we've now kind of handed some big decisions to those who run the game about where the game goes next and where international rugby goes next for women's rugby. Uh, and that's just going to be great. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been a brilliant six weeks. Uh, sorry, you've obviously been, been immersed on the, on, on the broadcast side, um, fully immersed throughout the throughout the tournament. Um, similar feelings, I'm sure, to, to Ali there is, in terms of where, where where it is and, and where it potentially c- c- can go. Yeah, I really feel this is just level one. Level one has now been achieved. It is recognised. Ta-da! But, you know, there's level 10 to get to. 
So that's what excites me the most about all of it. We've just got over the first hurdle, finally. It's recognised, it's respected. Um, and then, yeah, the other four nations have got to catch up with the other two. That's the big next thing. But one of the reasons we got to level one is all credit to the players who've used their voices in the last year. I think that's been massive as well. It's not just been about the broadcast deal. It's about women's rugby players in particular saying, this is what we're worth please stop ignoring us and people listening. And you have the ears now of all of the rugby world. So let's keep using them. Uh, and as a player, Berth, uh, and you, from, from the player's point of view, is that sort of echoing what um, these two bastions of the women's game here in the UK uh, are saying tonight? Yeah, I, I can agree more with both of them. I think we've been saying that the game is on the cusp of what we've experienced over the last few weeks. And I think we've, we spoke about it, Johnny, last week, kind of coming out of lockdown, no fans, no real excitement. And then, bang, we're kind of like in what everybody's been asking for and wanting. And it's been hugely successful. And I think Sarah's right. There's still plenty more levels to go. But, I mean, we're in a pretty good place. And, and again, to echo, like, I remember players tweeting last year being like, this is not fair. We're playing against amateur players. And then, obviously, with what Ireland did and... I think it's remarkable how, and I think we've also covered it off before, is that it doesn't just go away anymore. There's not something that happens and then it just disappears. Actually, everybody gets behind it. People start commenting on it. People start being aware of actually what's going on and saying, Do you know what, this isn't okay. We need to make sure that there's a review put in place. Let's put pressure on for that to then be you know, published and then make sure that the recommendations are followed up. And I think the way that the media has worked in our favour now to keep things in the spotlight, good or bad. And I know it, we're on a bit of a negative here, but keeping a spotlight on the negative things to create good change has been really, really significant. Couldn't agree more. And I'm just going to just come on. That's it. That's my reaction. Because uh, you guys have all said it. Uh, look, guys, we, we're going to do a team of the tournament. Um, one to 15, certainly. We're going to try and squeeze in the 23 as well, because I suspect with the technical brains we've got around that they'll want a bench to make sure the balance of things are right, uh, I know I certainly do. Uh, but look, just just a f- just first before we get into that, just a just a word o- o- on each of the nations from each of you, um, if you can, and and yeah, preferably not to, to echo what others have said. Um, so Sarah, because uh, we always come to you first in press conferences, so why don't you come to you first in here now as well? Um, what have you made of? We'll, we'll go so chronologically, chronologically, top to bottom on the table. Um, England so far. Um, England obviously had a very good women's Six Nations, uh, but still don't know how good they are because other than the game of France, I find it really hard to actually tactically analyse them because they don't have decent enough competition. So, yeah, they're fantastic. It's a wonderful generation of incredible women. I'd just like to see them have more competition. Bosh, Ali. Yeah, I think the challenge for England is how they find ways to keep being challenged right like they've got some warm-up games this summer they're not going to be playing France um so they're probably going to play two matches of which they win pretty handily so that's frustrating I think what's they're brilliant team brilliant players and I wrote on on Sunday morning which was impressive given how little sleep I had that you know, we should we should be thankful that they were absolutely hammering teams because if it wasn't for that I don't think we'd be seeing all the change that's going to come over the next year because actually they embarrass some unions into action in front of big crowds in front of big audience numbers I mean the only thing I'd say which 
you know, is, is problematic is if they keep hammering teams, you know, that's not good for the competition because if you know anything about kind of sports marketing, you know, and selling tickets consistently in a sustainable way, you know, uncertainty of outcome is the like key driver of people parting with their cash to come to games. And so, you know, maybe we'll talk another day about how that happens, but they, they've done a brilliant kind of service to the game, but they've also kind of handed it a bit of a problem. Keeping up with the Joneses syndrome is, is good for now. A birth. Yeah, I think very similar to what they both said. They, England have had a great successful campaign, but have they been fully tested? Um, did France test them in, at times? Yes, they did. But for me, I, I want to see variation in their attack because they can get worked out pretty quickly. And if suddenly you take away a driving mall and a, a dominant kicking game, then where does that lead them? Yeah, that that physicality has certainly certainly got them over the line a fair few times out of the um, forty whatever tries that, that they've scored. Um, did France test them well enough for you, Ali? Were, were they France consistent enough for you? No, I think I was thinking about France quite a bit today ahead of this, and I think if you watched every game they played, they lacked this kind of ruthlessness. So they would beat teams and then just you know pick, take their foot off the gas, whereas England would start beating teams and then they'd start absolutely hammering them. And actually, I think that really came back to bite them against England because they got themselves ahead, which was remarkable in a way. England hadn't been behind. And then they just didn't seem to know what to do with that. And they had loads of chances, didn't finish them, you know, made really, you know, kind of unexpected errors. And I think that kind of inability to be ruthless throughout the campaign just came back to bite them just when they didn't need it. But there were some really good things too. Sansus is obviously just incredible. Um, and lo- a handful of other players we'll talk about later. But like stuff to build on for them, definitely. But they'll be I think they'll have ended quite disappointed yesterday, Saturday. So very, very welcome for you to, to add on to, to, to France. If not, just moving to, to Wales. I know you're in the camp. Uh, apparently you're throwing some shapes at the DJ in the barn. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, no, when it comes... When it comes to Wales, there's only one thing I want to see change. I never expected big things at this World Cup. I've said that many times. It's too early in their professional journey for them to have been pulling up trees. All I want for Wales between now and the World Cup is to learn to kick. That is it. Once they've got some kickers in that bat line, their game is going to be transformed. That is it. But there was an immediate impact, wasn't there, uh, Burr from Clicky George, who we may have mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the pod. Yeah, I think we've probably all been saying that somebody who can kick a 50-22 week in, week out for Gloucester needed to get into that team. But yeah, I agree with Sarah. I think the talent that they have, they've got an abundance of it. They've, they're actually a really physical team. They've got some smart players, but they need to be able to get themselves out of pressure. And when you're coming up against good size, if you can't just exit out of your 22 more than five metres, then you're going to constantly be under pressure no matter how much physicality you can bring. So, yeah, for same with Sarah, they've got to learn to be able to exit. You've plenty of passion uh, from the Welsh, plenty of passion from, from the Irish as well, Ali. Um, I, I'm sure the management, and I'm sure you would be very, very proud of them. But it's yeah, not enough, I, I, not, not enough uh, anymore, is it? Yeah, look, I think it's very hard to kind of... They've had a really bumpy journey over the last six months that that is a setup in Ireland squad 
they were only seconds away if you look at it negatively from finishing bottom <laughs> um but they got that try and and you know that changes everything but i think to look ahead for them they've got a really you know good squad of players there and greg williams is a really good coach um you know very confident kind of good communicator you know seems to really gel them together so i think ireland with the extra year of prep contracts it looks like coming later this year for them um, we'll actually be in really good nick if that squad stays together for the next World Cup. So, yeah, you know, it would have been a disaster, I think, if they finished bottom, but they didn't. And so we look ahead. We get our first ever summer tour this year. Um, and actually, we've unearthed some really good players. I mean, we'll probably talk about Sam Monin later, but, you know, players like her just came out of nowhere. So I'm really proud of them. I think there's the bones of a very good team there, but, you know, they've got a way to go yet. If I, if I just jump in there, I have patience with Ireland. I have patience with Ireland in the year that is 2022. I will not have patience with Ireland in the year that is 2023. I think that's how most people are feeling. But they're having that transition. They're allowed it. Next year's a different story, though, and that could be a completely different argument. Yeah. Loving Late Night Star Orchard. <laughs> firm. Exactly. Very firm. Yeah. It's not water in this glass, Johnny. Understood. <laughs> There we yep. go. And that's why I've got a pint of it. Um, sorry, Ali talking about a disaster for Ireland finishing bottom. Um, Scotland did finish up in bottom. Um, they don't seem like a, a bottom of the Six Nations kind of side, though, Sarah. Yeah. The thing about Scotland, you, you've just said it there, Johnny. You watch them play. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. There, there is just... They've got... They've got all of the right tools in the kit to do it. There is clearly just something that is holding them back. And we, we talk about contracts and everything. We hope um, that the SRU are listening. We've been told they are discussing it and uh, something is in the pipeline. Again, a little bit island. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. And, uh, you know, they've got that added problem of they can't necessarily bring all their players back to Scotland for a league, so on and so forth. It's complicated, but, yeah, of all those teams below England and France, they are the team that I enjoy watching because I understand what they're doing. And and in it, it's good rugby. They just can't get over the line. So if anything, they just need a good psychologist. <laughs> but if they, the, the, they run out of puff for, for you, Scotland. It's been, uh, you know, for, for lots of different reasons, which we, yeah, we, we've been into and, and no need to go into right now again. It's been a, a real emotional roller coaster for them. Um, mainly off the off the field, do they just run out of steam? Yeah, I, I think it definitely has an element to it. You know, two years of chasing a qualification goal that had you know implications on all those players' lives, getting changed and moved. And I know other people were in that boat as well. But for the journey that they then went on, you know, there are some contracts, but they're still all working and they're traveling a lot. They obviously some of them are playing. It. There's a lot going on. And then to, to gear yourself up for a Six Nations campaign, you know, mentally, emotionally, was it just a step too far to be able to consistently perform and to finish off moments? If you think about their actual performances, a lot of it was the later stages of a game or a great passage of play and then that final part not quite break it, was breaking down. So it's kind of like that tail end. Was it just all too much for them to be able to stay composed and calm throughout the entire Six Nations and get wins over the line. I just I, I just wonder whether, you know, the last two years has just taken too much out of them. Uh, and, you know, their biggest goal, and it is always very hard when you achieve something to then continue to back it up and, and to follow that form. 
I think that's had an element to it for sure. Yeah, you could say the same a little bit like Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a lot going on for it, Italy as well. Um, Ali uh, squeezed in a fifth, one place uh, above Scotland. Had England, France to, to start with, and then I thought they, they sort of really kick on. And the contracts came in, and uh, um, what have you made of the, the, the Italians? Yeah, I think they'll be actually pretty positive. Like this week, looking back, you know, I think that when they started against France and England, it was unclear how it was going to go for them. I.e., you know, they got battered. I thought when they went to Ireland, actually, they'd be like, right, well, our championship starts now. And then they actually looked dead in their feet. You know, they were just exhausted from those first two games. And I don't think I'd, I've never played England or France, but I suspect it, it really does take it out of you. And so I think for them to come back and win their last two games, it's actually really, really impressive. Um, so I, I think they should they should be pretty pleased. They're going into a new kind of era now with the contracts. They're going to the World Cup. They have a handful of really, really very, very talented world-class players. You know, they have three or four probably sprinkled throughout that starting team. So I think they've ended in a good place, actually, building into the World Cup. You started badly and then you'd much rather end with the two wins than maybe do what Wales did, which was start and then and then tail away. So, yeah, I, I think they've been all right. Somebody predicted them to uh, to beat Wales. Can't remember who that was, Beth. Um, but... It's it's in the annals. Uh, Sorry, they are brilliant. Great stuff. I'm Marley Packer, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's get into this uh, team of the week. Um, Fifteen to nine, one to eight. Um, I was about to sit down and do lots of parameters and the rest of it, but um, there's three much better people on the call than I am. Um, I will suspect you'll use your your noggins and not use people that have only played 20 minutes or, or, or things along those lines. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just make this very, very clear the way that social media is nowadays. This is not personal. This is us choosing a team of people who we think have performed during the Six Nations um Better than anyone else in their position. So, all that done and dusted. Peter, look, they're scrabbling around for bits of papers and pencils and all the rest of it. Full back of the Women's Six Nations. I have last year's team in front of me, actually, as well, um, that, uh, that we put together. Um, Fifteen. Sarah Orchard, would you like to kick us off with who you suggest at Fifteen. Uh, I would like to open 15 with Jacque. Um For me, the French fullback, she, uh, her first opening performance against Italy blew my mind. Um, and then she held her own against England on Saturday. She forced that back three of England to turn more times than I think they've turned in the last two years. So for that, uh, for me, Jacque is 15. She's got some pace over there as well, hasn't she? Three or four strides, and then she gets into third, fourth, fifth gear very, very quickly. Ali, Jacquet for you. Any other notable mentions? Yeah, Jacquet for me for all the same reasons. Um, I thought Kaylee Powell had a pretty good, um, you know, at times was pretty good for Wales. And Helena Rowland, had she played 15, I think a bit more, we'd probably be talking about her here. She was very good in the last two games for England um, from that position. So, but yeah, Jacquet for me, definitely. Rich Burford? Yeah, no different. I think for the, the very reason that Sarah spoke about being able to pin England um, and England trying to work it out on the hoof was, was impressive. And she's definitely a little pocket rocket. Um, strong, direct, dynamic, 
uh, and she's very young, so the excitement. And for her to keep Jamelia out of the team as well is is something. Who's going to join in that back three then, Berth? Who's going to go slot onto the right wing for you? Oh, Lydia Thompson. Thompson, Thompson. Lydia Thompson. Thomas. Thompson. 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 <laughs> we didn't drink me? that much, Berth. Blimey. Word. I, this, I should have drank more, clearly. This spirit strip is really taking its toll, isn't it? <laughs> My goodness. I mean... Uh, um, L- L- Lydia Thompson, yeah, of England, the England winger. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, I'm glad one. we got that clear. Um, <laughs> Ali, do you want to throw some more mud in the pool, or are you going to yeah, give us I, a, a clear I've got, name? I've got Lydia Thompson, correctly written down. In front of me. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I, just say, I, I haven't considered the Irish wingers who left for sevens. I just want to make that point because I do think Emily mm, Murphy yeah. class. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers and. But I didn't include her. So yeah, Lydia Thompson for me in this spot definitely. I think she's she just she she did make you know she had, she made a she dropped a ball and she um, against France and then next time she got it she just you know she made about fifty meters and I think that's the kind of measure of the kind of player that she is. You know she yeah, made a mistake and then made up for. But she's just quality and she has been really good in the game she's played. And get that ball in on the penalty. Yeah. 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 Yeah, good point. Uh, good to see her putting putting a string of games together, Sarah. Is it Lydia Thompson for you on that right wing, or someone Thompson, or Tom Tom uh, Tom, Tom Wilson, yeah. or? Uh, yeah, I, I've got someone called Lisa uh, Timble uh, down, but yeah, Lydia Thompson <laughs> is my fourteen that I've written down. Uh, five tries. I really feel that this Six Nations, she has found a new lease of life. Five tries, just yeah. It, it was it was her tournament. It was her right wing. She owned it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. who knows whether the conversation would be different. Um, poor old Abby Dow had uh, remained fit because she looked in, in sparkling form as well. Um, let's 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 complete the back three then. Um, who's who's on the left wing? Uh, let's let's go for you, Ali, first this time. Then who's who's joining them? Who's joining Jacque and Tom Tom Thompson? <laughs> um, <laughs> In the back three, <laughs> that's going to run. I picked Abby Dow because I think she has to pin there, and I know okay. she got I know she got injured and didn't play all the games. But to be honest, there was an awful lot of flux in all of the back threes in terms of changes of positions and so on. And I just think she's if, if you're picking a world team, she's in there. She's just um, brilliant finisher. I hope she recovers for the World Cup. It'd be a crying shame if she missed it. So I've I've picked her. Um, yeah. No problem at all. Sarah? Um, right. A curveball here, because I thought about this long and hard. A little bit like Ali, I actually found another wing quite hard to choose because mm. there was a lot of choppy and changing. I actually went with Rona Lloyd of Scotland because although perhaps she hasn't been got all the tries that all the others have got, she's been consistent. She hasn't really put a foot wrong. And to be in a team that has been going backwards a lot, I always saw her every time she was looking for work. She was following the ball um, and she was making things happen. So I've put Rona Lloyd down. Yeah. It was a big, big part for me, her coming and looking for work, which possibly not in the past, not often you you see her doing that, but she was incredibly industrious. Um, Birth anything to add to that? Because you, I mean, now, Veering towards the casting vote. 
Um, I in Ali's boat, I put Abby Dow down as well, kind of scrambling who to who I thought could slot into there. And I just think for for the amount of Abby Dow that she played, she was still really impactful. That one that one try, she should never have scored with half an inch of space against Scotland. Um, and yeah, I would want her in the team. I'll behave. Put Abby Dow in. <laughs> <laughs> Abby Dow it is. Yeah, I don't have any strong feelings anywhere else. So, um, there we are. Back three. Chloe Jacquet, uh, Abby Dow and Lydia Thompson. Uh, into the centres then, the midfield. 13. Ali. Oh, God. I really was hoping you wouldn't come to me. Um, <laughs> yes. I've got, I've, got, I've got three in front of me. Me too. I've yeah. got three too. Yep. Yeah, I bet, I bet they're different. So, I've got... Uh, this is crazy, but I haven't got Emily Scarrows, which I find surprise. I think it's the first time ever, and it's not because she hasn't been very good. I think she's she's kind of obviously been coming back from an injury. Blasphemy. She has still been very good, but I think um, I've got Hannah Jones, Michaela Sillery, and Eve Higgins in here. Um, if Eve had played every game, I think she'd probably be the nailed on for me. I thought she was outstanding. I just kept kind of mentioning her in every tweet I wrote about the games Ireland played. Um, I do think Hannah Jones is class. I think she scored a couple of really good tries. She's a real glue, I think, for that Welsh team. Um, experienced and a solid player. And, and Sillery, yeah, really, really good, solid centre, kicks her goals. Um, Hannah Jones is my number one. I'm going to just stick with it, but I won't be upset if it's one of the others or if, indeed, you guys have found other 13s. So any other new names to add to that? The the blasphemous no. opening from Ali Dolly not having oh, all the thirteens Dame Scarrett <laughs> involved, um, but yeah, we were excited the other day, weren't we both? The fact that actually Emily and mm. you know, she'll take this in the right way that, that it's meant, but you know that you know, possibly she is is not quite firing on on every cylinder. Any other new names, Sarah, for you? Um, I have actually put Scars as my number one. The reason I put her as my number one was purely based on her performance against France. I agree with you. She's grown into that tournament. And there was just a couple of things she did in that game against France. So I was just like, she's back. And she is the best in the world for a reason. One in particular, our highlight was when, uh, it was when Boulard went on that break and you thought finally France were going to get back into the game. And there was a try-saving tackle that I thought was Holly Aitchison because I only saw a brown ponytail because I thought there's no way it's Skaz getting back for that. And it was Skaz. And I was just like, okay, for someone who had that horrific leg break in September, she has got everything. And she did make one little mistake in her defence uh, as well, in that game as well. But I was like, this is a higher level game. So I did put Skaz in my number one, also because of she's also the top point scorer in the Six Nations as well. But I did put an honourable mention to Eve Higgins and Sillery as well, because she kicks when it matters. Yeah. Rachel Burford, you... <laughs> Might know a thing or two about Emily Scarron playing in the midfield. So over to you. Yeah, so I have three names in front of me as well. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I have Higgins. I thought she was outstanding. And I definitely think she would be a um, number one choice had she played the last two games. Um, Honourable mention to Sillery, but I think she came too late in the tournament, mm. came good too late. But I actually put Skaz down for that exact same reason of the. <laughs> Her performance, and I said to her after the game, I said, you're back to your best today. Last week, she didn't have a great kicking day. Her skill set wasn't on the the standard that she's used to. And that try-saving tackle was a 
big like momentum shift for England. They obviously then got the turnover. That could have been the turning moment. And I think, you know, to lead, her, to lead the side out as well and to kind of raise her game to another level, I think. Oh, does that get her in? Tony, what about you? What's your, what's your thoughts? Um, you. <laughs> I'm going to have half Eva Higgins and half um, Gail Sillery. Um, <laughs> that doesn't help. One at the beginning of the tournament, one at the end of the tournament. No, does that not? No, that doesn't. Doesn't work. Look, I, I had Eva Higgins and, uh, and Sillery. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think uh, up until yesterday, yeah, Emily Scott wasn't on my list. I had uh, Hannah Jones. Um, I think consistently is is a good mm. eight and a half out of ten every time she pulls on a red shirt. Um, so I'm not really helping the debate, am I? But yeah, I, I think you're right. For for me, it was with Lark Davis. It was with um, Emily Scout. They needed to hit their darts. They needed to hit their goals. And when when it counted, and that's a mark of a player, isn't it? Um, when you need to do it, you you, you nail it. Um, so uh, look, I I'm not chucking any new names in there. So we're, it's all indecisive. So it's going to Rachel Burford, who uh, is a World Cup winning centre. Birth decision time, please. That's not fair. Yeah, no, I know. No. I feel... I, I want to say Higgins. Let's go with her. Eve Higgins. It's done. She's, she's also very new. And to make the impact that she made... Yeah. She's young. Games, yeah. The only really, reason really I didn't, didn't chuck her in was just because I'm still really angry that she's gone <laughs> off to play seven. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for you to put her in. She did play very well. Any objections to Eve Higgins going in at 13? Yeah, bench scars. Let's do it. Love it. Magic. <laughs> um, I actually hope she doesn't listen. I don't think I want her to know that she wasn't even in my top three. But yeah, we didn't put her in the team last year either, so it's fine. I... Did we not? Didn't we not? I don't think so. Mm. No, Hannah Jones is the 13 last year. Um, oh, and last year's 12 was Beatrice Rigoni. Uh, is she on your list as well, Berth, for 12 this year? Mm-hmm. She's one of. Go on. <laughs> um, six. I actually, no, I've um, my number one would be Vernier from France. Okay. I just think uh, she's apart from Sarah did tell me about one of her games where she was poor. Um, I just think the well, to be honest, I don't think any twelves really stood out. Um, particularly England have had so many chop and changing. Um, it's been quite difficult there. I think Kerry Lake for Wales has been, you know, quite solid. Um, but I think Bernier, she, she again stood up in that game the other day against England. Defensively, she, she had some specific tackles that she had to make and she did. Um, just her work rate. And so that was who got the nod for me. Ragoni, yes. But again, I don't think she performed to the level that she can do this tournament. And she had a bit of chop and change as well. So that doesn't help. Ali? Yeah, I had three names here. Uh-huh. I had Flood, Stacey Flood, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. I in the Higgins camp, I think, played very well in the first few games. A very good kicker, good distributor, nice foil off a fairly new 10. Um, I also had Rigoni and I had Vernier. I mean, the only thing about Vernier is... She didn't play that well at all until Saturday, <laughs> but I think yeah. she, but she, but she did play very, very well on Saturday, and that was the hardest game. Um, I think at all Irish midfield would be a bit odd, so I'm not as in I don't think it quite warrants that. So 
for me, it'd be kind of Gabby or, or, or Rigoni, I think. I mean, Rigoni was brilliant in the first couple of games, even yeah. when they were losing. France, uh, she was very strong, yeah. wasn't she? Oh, the France game, she was brilliant. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the look of the new young 12 for Italy. Dinka? Dinka. Dinka. She yeah. was good. Very good. Yeah. Iron breaking everywhere in the first two rounds, and then they didn't use her again. Brilliant, well, stick her in. I've put an honourable mention to Vernier. I thought I remember that horror she had against Italy in the opening game, and I think she just wanted the ground to swallow her up at that point. She did improve in the tournament. Yeah, she had a good game at the weekend, but I put Rigoni down uh, because I think she's she's very solid in that position. I think she's so important to that Italian team, and also if we have a night out in Biarritz, I'd quite like to go with her. So um, <laughs> yeah. that works for me. She looks very cool. So your your votes for Rigoni, sorry, yeah. Rigoni. Yeah. Uh, Ali, you're, you were... Yeah, she she was my number one. Rigoni, player. lovely. Um, and we, so we're going against the uh, World Cup winning 12s. <laughs> what does she know? <laughs> yeah, what does she know? Um, it's 2014, move on. I think this happened last year as well. Yeah. Who did we put it at 12? Yeah, I think it happened last year. And long may it continue, I say. Good. Um, as long as I'm in charge, it will. Lovely. Um, Beatrice Rigoni is uh, in at 12. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think she's one of those people. Uh, they look around in the changing room. She's not there. Italy are a very, very different side. Um, and, yeah, she, she had some flashing moments. But, um, yeah, as you say, not a huge amount of people throwing their hands up consistently at 12. So, actually, as you say, uh, honourable mention. Um, our halfbacks then. Do, do, do. So- can, we, can we, before we do the halfbacks, can we just do number nine all at the same time? Just all say the same name and move on to number 10. Because I think well, I number nine do- is really yeah. easy. Fine, we go nine to ten. Uh, I was going to go ten to nine, but yeah, okay. Uh, number okay. nine then. One, two, three. Sans. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, six tries, six assists, six assists. Superwoman. Sans in at nine. Absolutely no surprise. One of those who's been chucked on the play uh, of the tournament list is Sans Okay, well then to partner Sans at ten, Sarah. Okay, this has been the hardest position for me to choose. I have changed my mind about six times and I was even like doing calculations earlier (laughs) about who was the most points on the field per minutes played because I I was reducing it down to kicking. So based on that, and this is going to surprise a lot of people because I appreciate, I I don't think she had a very good game in her final game, but I am going to give it to Zoe Harrison. Um, I just thought... She played really well against Wales in particular. I thought she was the proper general, sorted England out totally. And uh, she's kicked the most in the Six Nations. And I think she's just really growing into that role. But it was a hard one to pick. Ali? Have any other name? Well, I basically wrote them all down. I wanted to say an honourable mention to Helen Nelson, because, again, although she's in a team that's going backwards a lot of the time, she does a lot with that position um, at times. Uh, arguably, you could put Tremuliera there. I know she moves around position, but she played a bit of fly half. She did very well as well. Drewan didn't play every game. She didn't do that much wrong. It's, it's, it was hard. Yeah, I think it's the hardest position because no one really made it their own, I think, you know. And I also think we've been spoiled with people like um, Katie Daly mclean for years who, you know, just kind of took a hold of that. I, I had Jessie Tremulier, which is mad when she only played two games there. 
but she was absolutely class in both of them. I mean, she, her, yeah, she just took a hold of the game. Her kicking, she's the best kicker, I think, in open play in the in the competition. Um, I did have Harrison. I didn't think she played well against France, but that's no, you know, that that's no, you know, slur on her. France a very good team, and they came at her pretty hard. I thought, um, but I. I went Jesse and Zoe second. I think Madzia was pretty good for Italy too, but probably not. Probably not my top two. Really challenging one on ten. Um, I didn't actually put anybody in the number one slot, but I did have <laughs> Jesse Chumelia in the second, and um, I had is it Marda Marda in okay. third. And I, yeah, again, just on Chumelia, just what she did in those two games that she played. I thought she was outstanding and her the way that she could kick the ball and I know she kicked an awful one in the France game where it went straight out. I just think I just think nobody really stood out enough to make you go, Yep, it was you so it was kind of picking some fine moments and throwing margins and I think she stood out in those two games which has got my vote. Why don't we give it to Tremulia just because Ross Harry's on commentary gave her the best line, which was, here comes the most casual woman in Cardiff, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> so that works for me. It was a, fa- a fabulous line, wasn't it? I, I just, it's the biggest game of the Six Nations. And for some reason, she's on the bench and uh, and Zoe Harrison steps up and, you know, it's utterly blossomed, as we all know, in the last sort of nine, 12 months. Um oh, I suppose the question for Harrison is if we're knocking her out on based on one, you know, one game. Because I think, you know, I don't know her, but if she, you know, she, if she's a self-critical person, that wasn't her best game. Um, she was very good in the others. Uh, she does play behind a really good pack, but whatever. You still have to. You, still, you can only do what you have around you. So I suppose that's the question for us: give it to someone who had two outstanding games, or someone who had four very, very good games. Go on, she was Beth. brilliant against Wales. She was brilliant. Yeah. She didn't play in the opening round, did she? So No, she had that uh, little um, uh, problem with her leg. And we sp- we've spoken about a, not a faltering backline, but a backline that probably isn't firing quite as much as we think, and she would be sort of in charge of that, Terry Harrison. So, mm. come on then. Tremoulier or Harrison? Tremoulier. Tremoulier. Wow. Okay, there we go then. A backline of Law Sansus, uh, Jesse Chimoulier, Abby Dow of England, Beatrice Tregoni, and Eve Higgins in the centres. Lydia Thompson, 14, <laughs> and Clary Jacquet of France. I'm Simon Middleton, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. To your specialist subjects then, ladies, the front row... Um, loose head and tight head. Let's do the props first. Then, loose heads. We're looking, um, and we'll come to you, Berth, first for this one. Um, who are we looking at? Uh, I've got three names down. I've got De A, Cornbra, and Jodan. Jogan. You mean the Irish prop? Where's she from? Jogan. I didn't have a clue who you meant then. Linda Dugang. Understand. Okay. There we go. Listen, Uh, we we had to do some fair bit of translating of menus for Barf at the weekend, so (laughs) leave her off. What? 
French. You've been taking French oh. lessons for 18 months. I'm really disappointed, Perth. <laughs> really disappointed. <laughs> I can't uh, read. I'm dyslexic. So, um, do you gang? What do you reckon, Ali? Pretty yeah, solid. I have her down. Um, Cornborough was my one, but I, Linda's played really, really well. I think Ireland's set piece hasn't been brilliant, in part because they're a very small pack. If you, I listened to Cleena Maloney in a podcast recently. She talked very, very well about how that's a serious problem for them um, in terms of like positions in the scrum and all the rest of it. But she's probably been one of their best forwards. So, yeah, she was my number two. I think it's hard not to pick Cornborough because the England pack has been so utterly dominant and she's just one of those who does her job really well but but either of those two I had um, Batoni who did move around positions a bit but she had a couple of good games at least had as well Okay I will have who do I have right yeah Jugang she's a, she's a really good player but I don't feel I learned anything new about her this Six Nations that I didn't already know she didn't like raise it up to another level she's just a very very good player um, Cornbrook yes again Really, really good. Solid Six Nations. She's going to be there at the World Cup. I'm convinced she's going to be the number one for England. But for me, loose head is such a difficult position to play. And for me, Anel De Hay, you've got to remember going into that game, France had the best scrum, 97% success rate. She also in that game against England scored the pivotal try when, boy, did they need one. So for me, it's De Hay. Carl Hope coming off the bench of Wales, bit of impact. Um... Vicky Cornbury, yeah, I think is the best loose head in the world. But um, I like not learning anything new. I like that, Sarah, a lot. I don't think we did learn <laughs> anything new, did we? Um, De Hay, are you going to have an issue if De Hay goes sliding there, Ali? No, I think she's class. I just I just thought the other two were, were slightly ahead for me. But no, she would, if I was picking three, she'd be in there. Uh, no. Understood. So, uh, De Hay or Cornbury, uh, we'll go... And the hay uh, at loose head, tight head. Sorry, Vicky. Then. Much of a muchness. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just say Sarah Byrne and move on? Yeah. 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 Done. Oh, but hang. <laughs> can I can I mention though? I, I didn't pick her, but Christine Belisle, the Scottish prop. Uh, yeah, I think she's, she's class. going to be. She's really good. Is going to be really good. I liked really like watching her. So I think um, give her an honourable mention. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sarah, she's, always, she's been one of those players that you've watched and gone, who, who's that? Who's now? Yeah. Who's playing then and doing a bit of investigating into her? Yeah, she's going to be a real bright talent for them. So De Hay and Burn are the uh, props. Burn another one of those on the uh, player of the tournament list. Who's going to sandwich in between? Again, I, I would suspect there's a foregone conclusion. It's almost should we should we go again on three? One. Oh, I don't know. Oh, really? Ooh, Ali, Donnelly, so, yeah. come on then. Let's hear you. Are you all going for Lark Davies, are you? No. You're going no. for Lee Burns? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I have both, and I also had Socha, um, but she obviously didn't have her best game uh, Sunday. Um, Jones, yeah, she... Actually, really interesting. What's the, so when we were all out after the game, um, I was sitting opposite Brian Moore in the, in the dinner, and obviously he knows about that position, and he talked for a while proactively about how much he rated Neve Jones, just a real nuggety, fiery player. And I was I really wanted to say about her as well. In Ireland, before this competition, there was a lot of coverage about the fact that Clean had been left out. Yep. And that's fine. But that will also have been weighing on her mind. Right? She's in there. Everybody's saying, why isn't this other player in there? 
and she's got to perform and she did that so well. But um, yeah, it's hard not to pick Davies though, because she, you know, she's quality. She's done right at the heart of England's line out, scores, tries. Yeah, but if we're all going Jones, I'll shut up. <laughs> no. Uh, God, uh, no, I, I have got like Davis down because she basically didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, I appreciate that there was a couple of wobbles early on uh, in the game against Wales, but they did sort that out. And I did think they have some decisions that maybe went against them that shouldn't, but that's for another podcast. My new favourite pound-for-pound player is Neve Jones. There's no two ways about that. Again, another one I'd like to go on a night out with. Me, her and Ragoni are going to have a great time. But Lark <laughs> Davis is my, my number one. Oh, yeah. We'll all be wearing them, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, one night out in five years, and she just, and they, that's all she wants to talk about. That's it. I do. <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a couple of line-outs um, against Ireland that England won't be overly happy with. Um, and again, we would never just blame, blame the hooker on the WRP. Um, Berth, um, I think we've got three votes for, for Neve Jones. Oh, sorry, two votes yeah. for Neve Jones. Are you Lark Davis or Neve Jones? I've got them down as, as one and two, but I've gone Neve, Neve Jones because I, I don't think she put a foot wrong the entire tournament. Um, and I think some of her hits that she put in were unreal. You know, Helen Arona literally... Roland, sorry, literally sidestepped around the majority of opposition. She absolutely nailed her. Uh, and I think she had, you know, a couple of those in every single game. And the size of her, for the heart that she's got, uh, I was just blown away. And I think with all that pressure as well, as Ali said, with Maloney being left out and, and a huge expectation being put on her shoulders, um, yeah, I, I thought she was outstanding. And Lark, again, didn't put foot wrong been really consistent she's right in the thick of things for England but again that's with this massive pack around her to allow her to be the best that she can be and and for the smallest player in that pack to, to stand out oh, I think yeah I think she's been brilliant and a real find it seems yeah yeah real find can I just say the reason I didn't put Neve Jones as my number one is because as much as around the park she's fantastic her throwing hasn't been yeah, always or, there or a set piece or hasn't been brilliant yeah yeah so yeah. that's why she well i'd like lark to throw me the balls and then i'd like <laughs> neve to not tackle me <laughs> <laughs> um so well I, hang on then um because it might be so spirit uh, berth you're going neve jones are you correct ali yeah lark? yeah i'll go jones yeah i had 50 50 but yeah sarah no, lark davis lark davis um <sighs> I think Lark Davis improved it hugely over the last 24 months. Um, just so much of that horrible, nasty, yucky work that nobody wants to do. She's more than happy to roll up sleeves and, and, and get involved. And when her, yeah, her arrows absolutely needed to be on point against France, they were. Um, but uh, look, blockbusters and, and new people into the game. Let's go, Neve Jones. Uh, Neve Jones... It is, and if Brian Moore says she's she's great, then exactly. who the bloody hell? well? <laughs> we've argued with Berth to be fair, but uh, <laughs> she's won a World Cup. Um, into probably one of the most hotly contested areas of the second row. Uh, who wants to go first? I mean, the, the six, seven, even eight names in in the in the mix here, Ali. Yeah, I don't know, was it last year or the year before? But we had a bunch of number eights. Every number eight was in there. This year, it's locked. Um, I settled on Fall and Ward 
but I also really wanted to pick Monaghan, um, both from an Irish and a general perspective. I had eight when I started, but I ended with the three of those, and I went for Ward and Fall. Partly because, as well, they're very they're quite they're quite complementary locks if this team was to play. So Falls obviously, <laughs> you know, Falls obviously she does all the kind of you know power room engine lock stuff that you expect people to do. But her carrying is just amazing. You know, she's unbelievable. She she was standing at ten for half the match um, against England, and I think um, you can't not pick Ward. I think she's just consistently brilliant. She doesn't carry as much, but she does absolutely everything else. So I went for those two with loads left out. Indeed. So well, look, if we are going to do a bench, then you know that that list of three is probably going to be there thereabouts. So are any difference for no, you? Uh- I've got Ward at four and then I've got Fall at five. And the other name that I had in there, well, I had Monaghan down as an honourable mention. I thought Tornesi did all right for Italy, but still she wouldn't get in that team. But the other real one that I think is really exciting for the future is Gwen Crabbe at Wales. I think she bossed that line out. She has got some real rugby knowledge under that noggin. And I'm really excited to see where she goes next. And physically just like changing week to week yeah, uh, as a professional athlete. And some take yeah. it duck to water, don't they? And, and some lap it up and she's clearly doing that. Berth, any any other names you want to put in there? Give us two starters then. So I've got Ward and Paul as well. And I also have my third as Crab. Okay. So um, any objections? To, uh, Abby Ward at four. Nope. Right, Medusa Fall at five. Crab or Monaghan on the bench? Oh, that's really Ali's, hard. Al- Ali's going Monaghan. Definitely. Of course she is. Of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Berth? I it was Crab. She played every game, pretty much every minute. You're gonna have you're gonna have the Irish fans after us on Twitter later. I want to make sure they know <laughs> that I picked Monaghan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and you're going Grand Crab as well, are you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm gonna go Crab. I just think yeah, for consistency, that there's a reason she was there every single game. And like I know Monaghan got the injury, that's not her fault. But um, mm. yeah, for me, for, for for also being a Tallis woman in a team, you know, she for me is just what that side need. <sighs> See, I was Monaghan. And there's oh. loads of others, by the way. Ferrer, brilliant. Yeah. They shouldn't have moved her yeah. to that. Yeah, no, why, why put her at six? No, no, she was, she was exceptional. Yeah. Um, the Gwen Crab, if we do get time to bench, is, is on the bench. Um, yeah, uh, and a fall is another one of those in the uh, player of the tournament being announced. Marty Packer is one of those. Um of course, hey, you want to do your, your back row. I know Ali's very, very, really likes to blend and likes to talk about it as a blend. Uh, remember this from previous years. Um, do you want to give me your, your three then? I'll give you the ones I ended with to start, but I had loads. Um, yeah. Obviously, so I went butchers at six, um, but I was upset with myself that Alex Matthews couldn't, wasn't in there. But anyway. Packer at seven, without doubt, with an honourable mention to Calendar and McMahon, I think. And then I went for Sean and Harry's at eight, but I would not be upset if it was Menager or Evie Gallagher in Scotland, I think, has been amazing. She's 21, she played really well. But anyway, I went Butchers, Packer, Harry's, 
What a back row. Imagine playing them. Oh, what a, ba- a beautiful balance to that, Ali. <laughs> yeah, brute force. <laughs> Sarah. Okay, uh, um, I'm two the same as Ali and one different. I have gone Matthews at six. Anyone who is keeping Poppy Cleal on the bench oh, yeah. is going to start for me. And then Packer and Harry's. Oof. Rachel Burfington's. So I've got Alex at six, Hacker at seven, and I went Jay Conkle at eight. Ah. <laughs> I do have uh, Conkle and Gallagher down. I mean, for Scotland to have those kind of combos in the back row, I mean, that's fantastic. But yeah. Wait, well, hang on then. Hang on then here. I'm just going to throw this in and you can stick your, your, your blending um, somewhere else, Ali. Alex Matthews plays eight. Yeah, she yeah, didn't. But... Did she play eight I... this year? No, she didn't play eight this yeah. year. But everybody else in the team of whatever slides people into positions they uh, they want them to. We, uh, Alex Matthews could we could slide in a in a. I, I'm with, um, yeah, you saw Alex Matthews back to some of her absolute best back to 2014 kind yeah. of form um, from nowhere. Just didn't expect it. And I thought she was absolutely exceptional. Marley Pack, I think we've, we've all put in. So she is in at seven. Um, Alicia Butchers or Alex Matthews. How many votes do we have for Alicia Butchers? Only one. Oh, well, it's Alex Matthews then. It's three against you. Um, Sorry, Alex. No, not upset about that. She's brilliant. Mm. At eight, then, we've got um, Berth with J. Cronkall, Harris. Sorry, Ali, it was so long ago. <laughs> I and so many names ago. It's been I a very long time. And Harris is my second option. Seanad Harris, um, three to one. If, if, if you also think about the story of Seanad, and oh. she's basically been a total outcast for that team for so long. She, it's not just what yeah. she's done on the pitch. It is how she has managed to put herself back into that team and become such a pivotal player. And ultimately, when she starts, she is pushing the Welsh captain either onto the side or into yeah, the second row. So it just says so much yeah. about how influential she is. And she's come up with such winning moments for them. Yeah, exactly. I'd absolutely hate to play against her. (laughs) Of anyone. (laughs) Yeah, she's tough. Yeah, and Alicia Butchers. I mean, imagine a back row of Alicia Butchers, Alex Callender and and Chanad Harris. You'd just be like Norsville, wouldn't it be? Horrible. In the nicest possible way. They they will take that other compliment is meant. Okay, then. We have a pack of De Hay, Jones, Byrne, Wardfall, Matthews, Packer and Harris. I'm Shani Williams, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, so as we've been going through, I have been doing the bench for the obvious one. So, I, look, I filled in three names. Lark Davis, unless there's any objections, is our reserve hooker. Gwen Crabb is our, our reserve lock at 19. Alicia Butchers at 20. So we need a reserve loose head and a reserve tight head. Cornbra. Yeah. Couldn't agree. More. Oh, another tight head. That's a good one. Um, Ali, you're happy with Cornbra? Yeah, because you 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 wanted to, to start, didn't you? Um, so we Vicky Cornbra Col- as the as the backup tight head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great choice. I would. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
So Christine below is a backup tight head. Yeah. Reserve scum half. <laughs> oh, man. Cam Riley. Tasha Hunt. Um, oh, Field Lewis. Kira yeah. Bevan. Yeah. Do you know, no one is standing out. No I mean, you, you might say Infante for her consistency. You know what you're going to get, and she delivers that. Um, yeah, defensively, awesome. she's very good. Yeah, she yeah. Did, she yeah. she played a brilliant final game. So yeah, Infante. She, she was very good at. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. The problem. Uh, no, no one is Sansus, right? So everyone yeah. else is, yeah. is my way. Looks yeah. average. Yeah. 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 Baratine, honourable mention. Yeah. Yeah. A couple yeah. of nice little moments, but Infante yeah. goes in. Lovely. And um, Emily Scarrett, are we going to put her at 22 or 23? 23 for Scarrett. Depends who your other back option would be then, ladies. You don't need a centre then. No, you don't, because Scars can cover 10, so you need another back three player. So Helena Rowland. Rowland, yeah. Well, on I the mean... basis, she plays everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, let's face it, the, the, the sort of curveball she was thrown in this Six Nations that perhaps she wasn't expecting and how young she is and how few caps she has is just crazy. And I was talking to Berth about this the other day. She kicks like no other woman kicks. Yep. She doesn't put that height on the ball. She's got that lovely low ball that I'm always so confused about how fast it goes. And I don't think players can deal with it very well so yeah go on give it to Helen Rowland I'd love, I'd love to know what her best position is I don't watch her enough in club rugby but I'd, I'd love to know the answer to that and that that, that head on shot down the camera shot um, where she sidesteps mesmeric utterly mesmeric um, and I think yeah by fault I think Simon Middleton may have stumbled upon um, his starting 15 um, so are we happy then with Helena Rowland on the bench Anything else to add? No, you're happy with that, Rachel Burford? Yeah, I think she can obviously cover 10 as well, can't she? So I probably got her in there first over Scaz, but I think her best position is fullback. Nice. Question answered live. (laughs) There you go then. So a joint WRP Scrum Queens Six Nations team of. 2022 is Chloe Jackie in France, 15. Lydia Thompson of England, 14. With Abby Dow from England as well on the other wing. And Neve Higgins and Beatrice Rigoni from Ireland and Italy, respectively, in the midfield. An all-French halfback pairing of Laure Saint-Souce and Jesse Trumoulier. <laughs> the uh, pack is... Alain Dehé of France, Neve Jones of Ireland, Sarah Byrne of England, Abby Ward of England, Medusa Fall of France, Alex Matthews and Marley Packer on the flanks of the Red Roses and Sean Ed Harris of Wales. On the bench is Davis, Cornbra, Belisle, Crab, Butchers, Infante, Roland and Scarrett. Great team. Awesome. There's a lot of English on that bench. A lot of English on the bench. Oh, we'll do all the There's a lot of England across the whole thing, so I don't think they complain too much. Well, you know, they are grandstand champions, so I think, uh, but they can't be too many. But no, good conversation as, as ever, ladies. I can't just, it's, it's late in the day. Huge, huge thank you to you, Ali Donnie, to you, Sir Orchard. The only thing we just got to mention, though, Ali, of course, is, you know, pre sale. 
of the book. Yes. You are yes. now an author. Huge, huge congratulations. It is quite rightly, and you are quite rightly getting um, all the plaudits across social media um, for your work. I mean, no, no, one, no one's read it yet, so <laughs> it's like... No, no. Sarah has read it. I have read it. Because, yeah, otherwise your quote wouldn't be on the front there. But huge, huge congratulations. Um, just a quick word. Was it fun, frustrating to write, and now what are the feelings? Just relief, happiness... Glad it's out there. Awful, awful experience to write that book. I'm not going to lie. I think um, <laughs> I, I suspect if you were not writing a history book, it could be quite enjoyable. But I found it really difficult to like pull 130 years of info into one, which is a, which is why I suspect I'm not a writer full time. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really glad it's done. But I can't say I enjoyed doing it. Oh well, I'm thoroughly looking forward to 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 reading it. Yeah, I, I will just say, if if you want to understand more about women's rugby and why some of us are so passionate about it, just understanding what the women before all of us went through to actually get us to this point today of us talking about this Six Nations, you have got to read this book and understand it from the start. And what Ali has done is just incredible. And this is, it's going to be like, a, a, a university reference book. I'm convinced that people are going to do degrees, and this is going to be like the main book they all have to read on women's rugby. So it, it's brilliant. Ah, oh, and then Sarah's post broadcasting job, senior lecturer in women's rugby at the local university. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Using Scrum Queens uh, as the reference point. Uh, ladies, thank you so, so much. Great fun. Ali, brilliant on work with the book. And thank you so much, as ever, for joining us to, tonight. And, and to you, Sarah, as well. It's been great to hearing your, your dulcets over the last few weeks. Berf, bon busy. You've got no idea what that means, do you? Neither do I. What did he say? Big kisses. Yeah. We said big knickers. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. We will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.